Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ez Hashem Feedback and Insights number 72. This is the third part of that Feedback and Insights. The first part I addressed to the parents in regarding to their children's puberty and sexual development. The second part was addressed to the teenage girls about puberty and sexual development. And in this particular share, we're going to address the boys. And we're going to talk about the puberty and the sexual development and various aspects about that as well. Um, so this is based on someone, Rabbi Shmuel Jablon, um, and um, brought down in the book by Rabbi Dr. Yocheva Dubao, very well researched. I'm going to say, um, address this to the boys. Every day when we daven, we say, Asher Yotzar, and we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for making our bodies work perfectly. And this prayer helps us appreciate the fact that we can go to the bathroom properly, that we can get rid of our wastes, and we appreciate and respect every part of our body. Now, this bracha was said and was kaveya about when we go to the bathroom. But the truth is, is that this bracha is an expression of Akar Satay for all aspects of the way our body works perfectly. Not just the excretion system, but the circulatory system and all the systems in the body, including the sexual functions. So in other words, Hashem made our bodies perfectly so that there should be a Hem so the human race should continue. And it's one of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatest nisim that He made us human beings in a way that we can produce more children and that we have a Hem And you, boys, together with your wives, Be'ezus Hashem, will become partners with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in creating new lives, new dairis. And everything has to work correctly in both the husband and the wife's bodies for this to happen. And that's part of the big nace. And the process of children maturing physically into young adults that you will experience or you're starting to experience, that's called puberty. Puberty is a time when the body begins to grow and change internally, externally, in the way that will allow you to one day become an adult and to have children. This also helps you get bigger, get stronger, which he adds why 17-year-olds are generally much better at playing football than 10-year-olds. And the range of time in which boys go through puberty could start at an early age as 10 or 11, some may start as late as 18, but the average is about 13, which is the reason why boys become bar mitzvah at that age. Girls also go through puberty, normally sometimes between the ages of 9 and 16, but are the average about the age of 12. And that's why girls become bas mitzvah at that age. But the truth is it doesn't matter what age you go through puberty. It's all very normal. Eventually it has, happens to everybody. So if you have an experience in your class, in your grade, in your group of boys, in yeshiva or in camp, where you may be not yet developed in a childlike body, 
and others around you are already grown taller and already have facial hair and already are more mature and you're not, it's not nothing to worry about. Everyone develops at a different time and it's a normal thing and it's not something to worry about or nothing to be feel bad about. Although, unfortunately, people tease each other about those things, you know, as teenagers, which is always not a pleasant thing. But again, it's something that is very, very normal because the development happens different for every single person. Now, what happens here is that your body grows and sometimes there's a growth spurt that you could grow even more than four inches a year. And also your private parts grow. Hair begins to grow on your face, under your arms, in the pubic area, which is around your private parts. You may see some small bumps in that area where hair will eventually grow, perfectly normal. They're called hair follicles. And men will also have hair on their arms and their legs, other parts of their body. Some men have more hair, some men have less hair. Also very natural. There's nothing to be alarmed when you see less or more hair than other men as you grow. And again, some men have larger private parts than other men, also all perfectly normal. And you will get physically stronger. Your vocal cords will expand. That's why boys' voices become deeper. And that's why after a number of years, the boy's voice may crack. It'll go on a higher pitch for a while, which can be embarrassing, but it's not a stage that lasts very long. Every boy goes through this. Sometimes you have this. A boy sang beautifully for many years, and then at a certain point, their voice cracks a lot, and they can't sing a tune that well. But it's a normal change in the vocal cords in puberty, and that's normal. And there's hormones in the body that will allow you to eventually have children, um, and it's starting to be produced in your body. When this happens, these changes happen in your body, in the nutshell, and we're going to say this again, but I'm just going to list it off right here. Your shoulders begin to widen. Your penis and your testicles begin to grow bigger. You start producing sperm. Erections can begin to happen. Ejaculations begin to happen. You'll begin to experience what we call wet dreams, which we're going to talk about. Facial hair starts growing. You start growing t- taller. Your skin gets oilier, developing acne, and your voice changes. Hair grows under your underarms or genitals and legs. Sweat glands develop and you get more sweaty. And hygiene is more important now. And you develop mood swings. Sometimes you will feel euphoric and very happy. And sometimes you'll feel very lonely and anxious or down. And you won't understand why. And and you can't pinpoint a particular reason. But it's normal in this period of time. You'll start becoming curious and interested in and being attracted to the members of the opposite gender. Also very normal. You'll sometimes feel confused and lonely, like we said. You'll want to be more independent. And you'll begin to start being interested a lot more in your own appearance and the way you look. And um, this is why the oily skin is why teenagers have pimples. And if you wash your face often and shower properly, you'll have less pimples usually. But almost all teenagers have it. And if you have a bad case of it, nothing to worry about. You could go to a dermatologist, a skin doctor. They could prescribe cheap treatment if necessary. It's all very normal. And um, 
Agav, if you're wearing playing sports, especially if you're playing a goalie in a, as a hockey or in some very, you know, physical sports, you need to wear a protective cup around your testicles because if you get hit there, it's extremely sensitive. And you need to do that to wear that for protection. Puberty is also a time where boys and girls start to become attracted to one another. And um, again, that is not a bad thing. That is part of why Hashem created this system. Because if men and women would not be attracted to each other, they would never get married. They would never have children. This is why the Gemara has this story when they wanted to get rid of the Yetzirah. And they got rid of the Yetzirah of Avedizara. That's why we don't understand today that Yetzirah at all. But then the Chazal asked to get rid of the Yetzirah of Arayas, of immorality and sexuality. And they couldn't find an egg, a fertilized egg in the whole whole uh, country. No one would be mad, get married. It's normal for boys and girls to be attracted to one another. But nevertheless, with that comes the fact that we're not allowed to act on this attraction until we're married. Now that creates a challenge. And that's why Halacha gives these guidelines. It's not to wag your finger at you. It's not to become restrictive. It's not to make your life miserable, but rather to make your life easier. Because this will be delayed until marriage, the sexual expression, that is why it's important now that when you're around the members of the opposite gender to behave properly. And that's why there's an Indian of, of course, being shaman Nagia and Sneas. And Sneas is important, by the way. I'm talking to boys now. You think it's all in the girls' hands to dress Sneastic, dress modestly? No, it's the boys too. How you talk, how you looked at, what you listen to, your whole mannerism, the whole idea of your body as being something holy, something special, and not dirty, but just that it's private. It's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we would need to use this gift in the most proper, proper way. And according to Halacha, the only way and the only time a man and a woman, a boy and a girl, are allowed to have sexual intercourse, or even hug, or kiss, or hold hands, is when they're married. So biologically, you can do all this before you get married, once your puberty is fully developed, but that is not what Hashem wants from us. Like every gift that Hashem gives us, it's the gift to be used the right way, and of course this free will that we have the ability to use any type of gift in an unhealthy way, and we could misuse these gifts. So to be the ability to be intimate also can be misused. And he wants us to use those gifts properly. Now it's normal for boys to have many questions about puberty and about sexual relationships and all these things. And people are embarrassed talking about it. They're embarrassed about the changes they're experiencing in their bare body. And that's also normal. And the aside being that there's a big difference between the word secret, which implies um, something to be shameful, or private, which is not bad. Private is good. Just like when you go to the bathroom, it's the most natural thing in the world. It's not something people advertise. It's not something people, people talk about. It's not something like, hey, you know, I'm going to do you know, my number one, number two here, you know. But the bottom line is, is there anything shameful in it? No. Is there anything wrong with it? No. 
it's perfectly natural and it's actually a big bracha. The Ashi Yatsar expresses that. It's one of the biggest brachas. Imagine if you couldn't do that. You'll die in agony. It's one of the biggest brachas in the world. So going to the bathroom is not a shameful act. It's a private act. And same thing over here with sexuality. It is not shameful. It's just private. That's why we dress the way we dress and act the way we act. And that's why, um, you know, you need to be open with your parents about it. But Ashi is about that. When we say Ashi is Adam Bechachma, that he created our bodies with wisdom, yes, the bracha was nikva, was established on the fact that you could, um, you, that you're, you know, could excrete and, and get rid of bodily wastes. But the Bechachma goes on sexuality too, too. So in regards to sexuality, you need to be aware of the basic things that happens in your body as you develop through puberty. Sperm. What is sperm or zera? Sperm are the male cells of reproduction. That's what it is. That's what zera is. Semen. Semen is the zera, what we call you know, the, the zera, which is a thick, stick, sticky, white liquid that contains in it the sperm cells that is ejaculated from the penis. That's what sper- That's what semen is. Testicles are the two small organs that hang behind the penis in small pouch of tough skin called the scrotum, and they're part of the male reproductive system. And with puberty, the testicles begin to produce sperm. That sperm has the ability ultimately to be able to fertilize a female egg. A female egg. The scrotum, as we said, is the skin sac below the penis. It houses the two testicles that produce the male hormone called testosterone as well as sperm cells. The scrotum is designed to protect the testicles so that it can produce sperm cells. And the Hanifloi Sabari, what Hashem created here is, is that the temperature of the body is 98.6 degrees generally speaking, but the sperm, in order to be viable has to be a somewhat cooler temperature than your normal body temperature in order to produce that sperm. That is why the scrotum hangs outside of the body. So you may notice sometimes that the scrotum, the sac, is closer to the body, sometimes it's further further away from the body, and the, that those positionings is based on gauging the temperature that's needed to produce that sperm which is a colder temperature than the normal body heat. And that's why it's a little bit outside of the body. The penis is a soft tissue made of blood vessels. Generally, it's soft. And during puberty, the first changes happen to the genitals is the penis, which starts to grow. The testicles grow too. The scrotum grows too. The penis usually gets slightly longer and sometimes wider. And then you'll have pubic hair that starts growing around the scrotus and penis during times of puberty. And to worry, by the way, do not worry about your penis being too small. Boys worry about this. Teenagers worry about this. They think when they're married and their penis is too small, what's going to happen? It will not affect sexual function whatsoever. It will not affect any sexual pleasure that you'll have with your wives going forward if your penis is uh, smaller or larger than, 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 than whatever. It's nothing to worry about. 
Now, erections take place when a boy experiences intense sexual feelings, which are thoughts that have a physical component, may or may not be romantic in nature, and it causes this dryness of mouth and butterflies in the stomach, hardening wetness in private parts. Some call this arousal, where blood rushes through the penis and fills up the blood vessels, and it makes it larger, and that's called an erection. And when the erection is over, the blood leaves the penis and it returns to its normal soft state. What causes erections? And the truth is, it's not necessarily because of sexuality. Sometimes it's simply the fact that your sperm is, is being produced at a larger rate and it needs to give it out. It needs to release it. Sometimes it is caused by being excited or nervous or sexually aroused. But some occur just spontaneously. Sometimes it may not be sexual whatsoever. It may, may be that you're nervous or excited about other things. A good sports game, anything. It cannot be always controlled. You may, sometimes may wake up with an erection and you don't know why you have it and you weren't thinking anything sexual. It can be embarrassing at times, but it's perfectly normal. Especially in the early parts of puberty when this begins to happen, the erections will happen Often, very often when you're not even thinking about sexual aspects. Ejaculation is the process where the semen leaves the body through the penis, and ejaculation occurs when these muscle contractions are stimulated by intense sexual feeling that puts the semen, which is a mixture of the white sperm and fluids, um, out. And boys generally ejaculate for the first time when the body begins to produce sperm. And that's the beginning part of puberty. It could happen between, usually between ages 11 and 15 and usually occurs when you're sleeping. And sometimes boys will wake up. It's called a wet dream. They'll have an involuntary ejaculation. They'll wake up. All of a sudden, they'll feel wet. They'll think they had a, an accident, uh, you know, a urine uh, thing. They won't realize what it is. Sometimes it could be because of sexual feelings, but very often not. And these thoughts, whatever it is, sometimes as a result of a full bladder and the physical stimulation of the beds and the covers, it'll happen. And wet dreams are part of the normal sexual development. No guilt should be associated with it whatsoever. We learned in the Shiurim a letter from the Ali Shur from Rabbi Wolba a while back. He talks about it. The only ones that did not experience these type of things was Yaakov Avinu and Elio Anavi. Everyone else experienced at some point or another this ejaculation. And even if, you know, not always, not necessarily coming from anything sexual whatsoever. And it happens and you change your underwear, you change your pajamas, you change your sheets, you put the, put the wash in the wash. You don't have to hide it under your bed until your parents find it. It's not something you'd be shameful about. Hopefully you'll be able to talk to your parents about it. And that's what it is. And it's very normal and nothing to be afraid of. What is masturbation? Here, masturbation is caused by touching and rubbing one's own genitals. And it's normal for people to feel that need to masturbate. It's a way that people cope with sexual feelings. Many boys and girls never masturbate. 
or have no interest in it, or don't find any, believe it or not, they're not compelled to it. But some of them feel a strong urge to masturbate for physical pleasure during puberty. Sometimes it's mild touching or rubbing, and um, till the point that the it becomes hard and you have an erection, and then you release the semen, and then it comes to the normal state. Sometimes it could be accidental. Tight clothing could cause it, vibrations from a bus or a train or a boat or passing thought, and sometimes it's purposeful when you deliberately do it. You deliberately use your hand to stimulate it for sexual pleasure. Now, in the secular world, they don't make a big deal about it. And um, they view it as a safe way to relieve sexual tension. And it's only harmful on the secular sense is when it's used excessively to a point where it becomes an addiction over other activities. That's generally, by the way, which I tell boys all the time and men all the time, that even if the Torah wouldn't bind you by the halachas, and even if, let's say, you're a, a ben noyach, not a Jew, and you may not have this iser of zera lavatola, of, of, of wasting seed, Nevertheless, the truth is, it's a very unhealthy thing to use it as an escape to, for self-soothing, just like it's unhealthy to use self-soothing by overeating with a pack of cookies and a pound of ice cream, or worse, with drugs or alcohol or things like that. So that's no question that even putting aside the halachic aspects to it, to use masturbation as a point to escape and use it as an unhealthy outlet is not a healthy thing regardless of what halacha has to say about it. But the bottom line is, what the Torah does say about it is, is that it encourages one to discipline that sexual urge and strongly discourages, and generally it is usser, masturbation. It's more strict by men than by women. And the reason it's forbidden is because of zera lavatala, the wasting of the sperm, which is Aser Vahalacha. And um, it's Aser anyway, to be involved in sexual aspects. And that's why the Chazal discouraged all these types of things. And, it, and it's Aser. And the reason behind it is not to torture people. Because we, we know, and the Torah wants men to enjoy the sexual experience with their wives at the right time. But the obsessive preoccupation with sexual fantasies is unhealthy. So it develops a preoccupation on sexual fantasy that's unhealthy. And therefore, it is important to, to, to realize this balance, this conflict that every Jewish man has and every Jewish boy has and it is a very big struggle because on one hand it's a very natural state to want to express oneself sexually in the form of masturbation but at the same time the Torah prohibits it and sexuality is a difficult thing to deal with and I'm telling you, 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 you especially in our generation and you try to be as ehrlich as possible, that you're mamish big tzaddikim by the very simple fact that you're acknowledging 
the fact that the Torah has a higher standard for us, even though it's difficult for us, and we persevere, and instead what we do, we do many other things. Now the idea of, very interesting, what you need to know is how to deal with the guilt aspect of it. In other words, many, many, many are nichshel, they fall into it. And what's very important to know, and the stipler talks about it, the Ali Shur talks about it, many tzaddikim talk about it, and in the Shkadai, if you don't have it, if your parents gave you this, and have them also give you the shiurim of the Ali Shur that I gave a while back, that would help you with this aspect, that do not allow, if you did fall into masturbation or you struggle with it, do not allow that to drive a wedge between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Don't get overwhelmed by guilt or negative feelings about yourself by the fact that you have this struggle or by the fact that you sometimes fall in the struggle despite the fact that the Torah answers it. The Rabbi Stiple says this very often in his letters. He says he feels bad in a way in that that the, the, the negative, the stress on the negative and the einish is so emphasized while the schar and the struggle and how you overcome it is not emphasized. And it causes a tremendous yush, a tremendous despair. And it, what happens is that you lose your focus. So what I want to tell you boys now is the ones that don't have struggle so much, ashrecha. Maybe it's your nature that you don't struggle that much in these areas. Baruch Hashem. But for those of you that do struggle a lot in this area, that even though the Torah assers masturbation, that you fall into it from time to time, or even more than time to time, what you need to know is as you're working through this and as you're working on trying to overcome it, you need to know to throw that over-excessive guilt and to not preoccupy your life with just that your life is the struggle, but rather, even as you're struggling, you focus and put your energies on other areas of life as well, whether it's learning Tyra, whether it's your schoolwork, whether it's even sports, whether it's exercise, whether it's the hobbies like music or art or friendships or participation in youth groups, or collect, or, or, or going around collecting for tzedakah, or helping with Taimche uh, Shabbos packages, or visiting the sick children in the hospital, or giving rides to people, and so on and so forth. All these things. Positive focus on energy. Even if you are struggling with these things, and don't be defined by this, it'll pass Hashem is mekabel everyone's tshuva. Hashem knows it's difficult. He knows the struggle. It's a hard balance because Lamaisa the Torah asks it. You can't say it's mutter. You can't say everything's okay. But at the same time, to make to say that 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 because of this, you're shut off from having a connection from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Chas v'shalom. You you despite whatever struggle you have. And you put on tefillin every day, and you make brachas every day, and yeah, and you say your asher yotza with kavana, and you do chesed. It's a a myridika wonderful thing, a myridika wonderful thing, and it's more precious from the fact that you're doing this despite the struggle that you have. And tzniyus helps. You watch careful who what you watch in movies or reading books that are arousing. That is an achrayas. You have to try to stay away from that. 
only go to bed when you're very tired. That's very important because sometimes you go to bed, you're not so tired, you'll it'll be more of a Yetzirah to get into the masturbation. So for those people, it pays to really just work out, do whatever you got to do, and only go to bed when you're really tired and ready to go to sleep. And I recommend also is you take a safer with you in bed. People I'm saying it's not Bakovadik. Disregard that. Bakovid, not Bakovadik. You take a safer with you, whatever safer you're interested in learning. And that helps a lot also with this. Kriyashmalamita helps. And this helps a lot with 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 getting rid of this. And generally learning about self-control. And now it's unrealistic to all of a sudden stop masturbating. The more realistic approach would be if someone's already, um, you know, fell into it, is to just limit. In the beginning, you set limits. You limit the amount. Let's say you used to masturbate once a day, or twice a week instead, three times a week, then twice a week, and and so on and so forth. That it should be spaced out more. Allow more of a span of time to lapse between those episodes. And you need me to daven and wish in your heart not to do this, realizing it that it's for your own benefit and you're going to break a habit and utilize it in the most possible way. Now, with women, it's less clear the Isra Zerlavatala. Female masturbation is not as severe in the Torah as male masturbation. Talk to the girls about that separately. It's still an unhealthy thing. They don't encourage female masturbation. There's a shyla about whether to use it to get ready to when they're with their husbands at that point. But generally it's not, not, not encouraged by females either. Now, the $6 million question is, is why did HaKadosh Baruch make it so difficult that many of you ask this question? And HaKadosh Baruch knows we're human. He knows we struggle. We have a body and soul. That's why the Malachim, you know something? The Malachim were asked the same question you should know. They look down at us at a much higher level in understanding and awareness of HaKadosh Baruch They don't have a Yetzirah. And they see us struggling. First of all, we go to the bathroom and we ex- we, 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 we know and, and we sleep and we get tired and we burp and we grab it and we... Uh, and we and we fall into these sexual things, and the malachim look at us and say, like, you know, what, what, are, you, what are you kidding me? The Torah was given to us. Hashem knows that we struggle. Sheva yipal tzaddik v'kam, but we can get up. There's a point in the struggle at itself. Hashem was not given. Torah was not given to malachim. Torah was given to people. We're not expected to be perfect. We are expected to strive for a higher level of kedusha. And tshuva always helps. So remember that also. The Chachamim know that masturbation is very hard to avoid. But Hashem gave us tshuva. And improving ourselves. And as long as we work on ourselves, we will be fine. We will be fine. And we have to continue to work along those lines. And again, I encourage, if your parents are listening to this, to listen to the Ali Shur Shurim that we gave, that also gives more perspective on this. May HaKadosh Baruch help all of you um, to realize the gift that you have. Remember to take pride in your Yiddishkeit, to take pride in every healthy outlet, 
and to realize that ultimately the sexual aspects is not something shameful. It's something that's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we suppress it or rather rechannel it in our teenage years until the point where we're married, it's not we're not we're not pushing it away and saying it's ugly or disgusting, but it's not for now. It's something I'm reserving for later when we get married. When I get married, I'll be able to express this freely with my wife and my wife with me. God willing, all of you, Metashem, will experience this. And in the meantime, in the teenage years, appreciate your own value, learn about your own strengths, learn about your own gifts. Learn about your own and take pride and build yourself up and grow and have a, and, and develop a t- connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You all have unbelievable, unlimited potential. Hashem loves each and every one of you. And don't be jealous of the other one if he's more better looking or smarter or learns better. Everyone has their own unique gifts. You have your own unique gifts. When we talked to the girls, talked about how they shouldn't be jealous of each other's physical beauty, the lack of it or more of it, and and that type of stuff, with boys between themselves also not to be jealous of the things that they're normally jealous about, but rather appreciate your own gifts. Everyone has it, and you tap into it, and you'll be able to find your potential and learning in your teenage years about what your goal in life is, what your tchunas anefesh is, what your goal in life is and how to actualize it and use it, whether it's music or writing or art or speaking or, or communicating or helping, whatever your gifts are, and learn about them and develop them. And met Shem, when you met Shem marry, You'll learn about Shalom Bayis, and you'll learn about all these things. And Me'at there'll be a time and a place where sexuality will be able to be addressed in the most beautiful way, the way Hashem wants it to be designed. But again, it comes with a responsibility. There's no question about it. But not with excessive guilt. There has to be a point where you serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Simcha. There's always Tshuva. You say Slach Lanu and Hashem forgives you. You try again. You keep on trying. And you, do, and, and you don't get derailed by the struggle. Despite the struggle. But you say, I'm going to channel it as best as I could. And I will focus on the good. And HaKadosh Baruch will give you all. You'll all be Zaycha to be wonderful husbands. Wonderful fathers of Klai Yisrael. You will experience sexuality in a healthy way. The way HaKadosh Baruch designed it. And yes, I know, you know, when people tell you if you're only 14 or 15 or 16 or even 17 and 18 and you're not going to be married for a few years, so it's hard where you're going to say, okay, you know, hold off now because of that special thing that's going to happen years later. And you can say, well, how could I wait so long? I can barely wait a day. How am I going to wait so long? And part of the answer to that is, is that you have a point. You need to learn how in the uh, how in the present moment to choose that delaying and of the self gratification is beneficial to you, and you need to feel that beneficial result now. And I do acknowledge that. In other words, when people tell teenagers, "Eh, 
don't worry about this stuff. Push it off because when you get married, you'll you'll have it all with Beheter. And many of them tell me and tell others, easy for you to say. You know, this is not something that's going to happen in a month. It's going to happen maybe five years, six years, ten years from now. You're telling me to hold off now on, on, on something that I have a strong urge with and for a, such a long period of time because I'm going to experience it later? What, are you kidding me? And the truth is, is you're right. That alone, that thought alone could help to a certain degree when you're calm, when you think deeply into it, but when you're in the moment of the struggle, that won't help you that much because you want the result now. The fact that you could have it later won't help you. But what does help is to realize that even now, tangibly, you have a positive benefit on that holding back. A greater gift will come your way. It may be very, feel very hard now, very unpleasant now, it's similar to a person when he's on a real diet and he's starting to feel better and he has a real urge for that ice cream and he decides he's not going to have it and he feels crummy about it. But he knows that in the 24-hour period, he's going to feel great by that sugar out of the system and, and, and he'll feel a million times better. And that's something he's not going to have to wait years from now. He's going to experience that now, currently, very soon. And the same thing with you. The, the pain and the struggle of that urge while it's happening is very difficult, but it does pass. It does pass. It doesn't, it's not an endless, long agony. It's a struggle in the moment where you overcome it, and then you experience joy in many other kosher, healthy ways. And that gives you the kayach that when the next time the struggle happens, it'll give you more motivation. I could do it. And not only I could do it, I will enjoy it afterwards by the fact that I controlled it, <clears throat> by the fact that I redirected it. So you, you, so you don't have to wait that, oh, I'm going to be in agony for years. No. You'll enjoy it more, these experiences of these delayed gratifications that you're doing. Hashem give you all bracha and atzlacha and mazel, and any questions or thoughts, feel free to share <coughs> through your parents. Be happy to talk to you about it. Hatzlacha and bracha.